You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. How's it going, Austin? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Excellent, bud. So we are here uh, chilling in my basement the night before the AB Invitational. Austin came up from Reading mm-hmm. and we did a little bit of practice in the basement a little practice shoot off, and now uh, we ate some tacos, and now we're just waiting for tomorrow. Yeah. How do you feel, bud? Uh, I feel pretty good. I'm going in with high hopes. Uh, not a lot of practice on this target face, but, I mean, your goal is to hit X's, and so... You put a lot of practice on the Vegas face, yeah? Yeah. I just, uh, because I moved from Chico to Redding, and I had all my uh, FIDA targets in Chico, and with gas prices that cost so much, I just prefer not to drive home. So I just practice at not missing X's on a Vegas base. Thanks a lot, Obama. Yeah. God no damn. Kidding. No kidding. <laughs> For me to drive down here when I fill my truck up, it cost me $140. Holy Christ. Yeah. Jesus. I was like, eh. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll grab my targets, you know. And I grabbed them like, I don't know, three days ago. So I've only shot. Well, the shot, the round we shot today was like my third target face. Really? Yeah. Damn, well, you did really good. I think with just us, that you shot 26 X's or 27. I shot 27. And then lately... No, we shot 20, 26. You shot 27. Lately, you've been putting down like 28, 29 X games on pretty yeah. regularly. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'd say... I wouldn't say fairly regularly, just like recently. Like as I've shot more it kind of was like 25x was an average and then 26x and then up 27 now it's like 28 29 i know you were getting ready for jordan so you were set up for outdoor for quite a while yeah and it's like one thing that happened that like when um that i was all juiced about that all you guys were going to jordan so all these guys were not setting up for indoor mm-hmm. and it gave me like a huge advantage in time to get ready for all this stuff now you guys are all kind of starting to switch over because the thing got fucking postponed, and now I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. changing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all catching back up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't run fast enough, dude. <laughs> At least you've had time to tinker, though. Yeah, like, I've had a lot of time to tinker. I For a while there, I was just shooting my 23s on my outdoor launcher just because I wanted to practice indoor. Uh-huh. I was shooting with a little down pin and... Uh, I actually liked the down pin, which was weird. I've never shot. Like, I had a little blue fiber because I was shooting field faces uh-huh. trying to practice for that. And uh, so I couldn't even see the fiber, but I'd use the pin as my aiming reference. And I was shoot- I shot uh, three 26X games with my 23s. Jesus. Yeah. Dude, I put a, I have a blue fiber in an UltraView scope, like right over here. Yeah. And I can't see shit. Like, nope. No, it goes invisible on a, especially on a yellow. I don't even know what I'm doing with that thing, so I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out later. Uh, so right now, I'm just gonna run my shrewd. I wouldn't say blue's my favorite, but um, because I've always sucked at field um, mm-hmm. and shooting state field this year, especially, uh, I hardly ever ran a fiber, and this year I decided I was gonna run a fiber because I shot all 3D season with it, uh-huh. the safari, and when I hit the the hunter round. You know, the white dot, mm-hmm. my green just vanished. And so my problem was when I, like, I always wanted to see my fiber, and then it would dip out the bottom, dip mm-hmm. out the bottom, dip out the bottom, dip out the bottom, and it would go off, and I'd be out the bottom. And so it was hard. And with the blue face, or with the blue fiber, I can't really, like, it's weird. I don't see it like blue. Uh-huh. I see a different, like, shade. So I can still see the fiber, mm-hmm. but it's not blue. It's just a different. And it's not taxing you it's not telling you like uh like i'm out here i'm out here no i can actually just see where i'm aiming a little bit better not a lot better but a teeny tiny bit better 
Dude, it's crazy. This last year, I've heard more and more about how the reticle changes your hold more than any any time I've ever shot archery. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Even Mark Rubio was saying, like, I'm going to fuck around with different pin, you know, dot sizes and see which one, you know, helps hold better. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect that from Mark. So um, last year, I remember for indoor, I ran a dot that with my six power covered up the 10. Okay. And I shot well with that. Um, is that is that... I'm trying to think for a, for a six power that covers up to ten, it's going to be a pretty small, pretty small. All right, I have to apologize. That was my rookie error. Uh, fucking SD card bullshit. Anyway, Austin, how you doing? Good. Okay, we were just talking about dot sizes and how the dot size changes your hold. Yeah. So I think uh, what I was getting at. Well, we were talking about how I have absolutely no idea what dot size I'm running, first of all. <laughs> um, but I remember last year when I was starting indoor because, you know, I actually wasn't even planning on shooting outdoor or indoor last year um, because of COVID. There were no shoots going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paige and I think it was Tate actually asked me if I was interested in going to Washington to shoot Blake. Blake shoot his indoor yeah, shoot the triple X yeah the and that was the first time I ever met Blake or any of those Washington guys mm-hmm. I was like ah sure so I slapped together uh, indoor setup and I put a dot that was about the size of the ten mm-hmm. so it perfectly cover and up there it worked great in Idaho it worked great when Tate and I went out to Idaho um, right you shot so, the open yeah when I shot the open um, I liked it. I actually held well with it. And then this year, I thought about doing the same thing. So I put the same dot size on. Uh-huh. But for whatever reason, I could not hold. I would peak. And I'd want to see the 10, and it would not. I'd, I'd go out the bottom. So I shot, like, for the first week, I was shooting, like, 99s with low X counts. Like, 18 to 20 Xs. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn it, if I could just stop peaking, it's like, I want to see in there. So I kind of took my same logic of uh, my safari style so like as long as my fibers floating inside of the orange I'm good uh-huh. and so I put a dot that's about the size of the X uh, or maybe just a shade bigger than the X mm-hmm. so I can float around in the 10 and it my right. brain is uh, relaxed yeah yeah so that's what it's liking right now I might try later on in the year like when I guess when we're done with this shoot kind of worked out perfect because we're shooting the tiny little dots tomorrow correct if I ran too big a one I would have had a rough time mm-hmm. um but i'm thinking about trying it out again and see if i don't peak just trying to get used to aiming with something that looks different right you're shooting a 6x lens right now yeah six so bar. with that little dot you said it just covers the 10 or it just about just covers the side just covers the x okay so it's it's just about the same size as the x or just a little bigger than the x and cool. so what my theory is is like when i like i was telling you earlier today if i can get my first three arrows perfect and make a hole uh-huh. then my brain will center that hole and when i center it with the you know the 27 is just barely smaller than an x-ring right and so my black dot will sit in the black hole yeah and it won't move and Dude, then i that's the exact same shit that i got going on also and it really helps when you have yeah. punched out a nice little you know a, like single hole or cluster of holes yeah the that black dot fitting right over that cluster is calming. Yeah. It's like, maybe it's because you can't see the movement as well, your pin movement, so it kind of like, you know, I think your brain just kind of cuts out some of the movement, and you're like, you're holding, dude, just do your thing. I know you said you, you like your pin to move a little bit. I, I can't hold perfectly still. As much as I would like to, my brain is like, nope, it's not supposed to do that, and then I'll miss. <laughs> um, but Jim's the same way. Yeah, I mean, I I just trust the float and just like, yeah, it, it'll go off in the middle if I just go pull. With the flow. Yeah. The, oh, the, the only problem I have right now with running the small dot, and like you were making fun of me because I was patching holes like on the 10, mm-hmm. is with that smaller dot that floats inside, if I don't patch those, it's just like, uh, like you walk up on a 20-yard target on the safari and there's a cluster of arrows, uh-huh. you're going to put them right in the cluster of arrows. Right. Or if there's a shot-out little... A piece of foam missing and there's a little white spot it doesn't matter where you're aiming you're going to hit the little white spot right. and so right to that spot. if i hit a 10 i don't want to hit tens i'd rather hit x's and then you know if i make a bad shot catch a 10 mm-hmm. rather than make a really good shot and because i'm 
my brain is focusing on the little black hole. Yeah. Put it right back in the same tin ring. Yeah, dude, I've even noticed that if, like, if you have a, a hole, like, a little bit to the outside, and you're, like, consciously trying to stay away from it, you're, like, if you don't patch that hole and you're trying to stay away from it, oh. it's weird because it's, like, it's like a magnet just pulling you back. And if you like, fight it, you'll blow way out the opposite side. <laughs> so if you shoot one to the left and you're, like, you're, like, no, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, boom, out the right side, you're, like, oh, man. It's bad. But... You know, last year with the 10, you know, it didn't matter because I couldn't see my arrow holes. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'd like to get back to that because I feel like it'd be more calming. But at the same time, I've been shooting good scores because of what I'm doing now. So it's like, eh. Yeah, dude. I'd like to just buy another lens and just, that mm -hmm. way I can just swap them out. You are shooting great scores right now. I mean, I'm, I'm always talking to you up, man. You're the prodigy. <laughs> if you s just, I mean, I don't even have to say, I'm not going to, ah, oh, dude, I hate it when people are, like, giving advice to youngsters that can easily kick their ass, right? <laughs> um, but what I predict for you is just staying in it. You're going to become way more powerful than any of us could have imagined. I'm hoping, you know, that my biggest problem is I don't practice as much as I probably should. Yeah, but you will. You will get back together, dude. you got yeah. a good opportunity now. You're going to start practicing a little bit, you know. If someone doesn't start trying to swoop you up for a new job somewhere, you know, you got you got it set up, dude. You can do it. It's indoor well, season right now too, so it's a lot of fun. I think it's I'm getting a lot of the same pressure, you know, you get now because so everyone wants to beat you. Yeah, everybody's coming up and starting to shoot higher scores and higher scores and higher scores. And I used to be able to slack, and now even I in Reading, right? you know, if I slack, there's still somebody who can kick my who can kick my butt, okay. you know, because they're practicing when I'm not. And I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, I don't like losing. I'm gonna shoot a couple more arrows now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, big time. It's it's forced me to wake up at 5 a.m. to practice. Yeah. Okay. It's and you normally I wouldn't mind, but it's when people tell me that they want to beat me. And it's like, dude, one, you should set your bar way <coughs> fucking higher, you know? Yeah. And two, it's like if you're gonna use me as a stepping stone, I'm gonna practice, you know? Yeah. But I, part of that, there's the there's a positive in that, is if it's your friends that are doing that, I think it brings the bar all around. Mm hmm I think that's what those Washington guys are doing. Yeah, well, it just makes it it makes it more fun to practice because practice by yourself can be kind of boring at times and like. Yeah, so dude, I'm always talking about the Washington guys being like insane, like mutants with archery, but from what it sounds like, you practice with Tate and Paige indoor every so often, right? Yeah, mostly indoor, you know, it, and and it hasn't always been like that. I, you know, last year we shot a lot together, but. They also had COVID stuff going on too, so like there weren't shoots going on. So yeah. they were still working because they were gonna have the Vegas later in the year, and you know they obviously like they were trying to get back into shooting because it you know the whole fall they didn't have anything, and so they were just up there more so and wanting to shoot. And so I was going back and forth from Chico to Reading a bunch, and that hey, give was give a peek. Oh, give all these listeners a peek at what that kind of practice is like, like. Uh, shooting with those guys indoor is it like high x 300 games sometimes um yeah it, sometimes i mean they they were just starting to come back in so it was like you know page was shooting good tate was shooting pretty good but i don't think it's probably as good as those guys usually shoot mm -hmm. um and it was actually you know it was just really fun. I mean, it wasn't, like, super high stress. I mean, we just shot games. We were listening to music half the time, uh -huh. joking around with each other. That's um, cool, man. It was just a lot of fun, you know, and uh, I think that, uh, I mean, obviously those guys need to take it seriously, but at the same time, if you're going to continue doing something that you love, you got to enjoy it, you know. Oh, yeah, you fully. Know? If you're, you're going to keep doing that job, yeah, you yeah. got to enjoy it. Yeah, second your hobby becomes work it's when it yeah. starts to die and so like I don't know I like I like practicing with people that you know shoot good but we can have a good time while yeah. you know totally. while we're shooting I'm joking around. shooting with you tonight was like some of the most fun I've had in a long time <laughs> it it really does like uh, maybe because we're shooting in my basement right mm. but the last time I did this that I can recall was with Emerson at my old house like, like I used to live at this place in Berkeley and we would like drink scotch and and shoot and joke and uh, put a little pressure on each other, you know. Yeah. And that's uh, that's a lot of fun. And I don't get to do that very much anymore. So it's a blast, especially when it's my writing partner comes down. Oh yeah. And 
it's a guy who can put down some heavy score too it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun i just i try to make every time i go out to practice fun because that that's what encourages me to want to go practice if i just stand out there and i'm hating my life the whole time <laughs> you know i'm like dude. why am i doing this i'm gonna go home and watch tv hey l- let me ask dude um you the leagues that you're shooting right mm-hmm. now i take it you got some there's some good talent at, in your uh your leagues yeah yeah so um probably my best competition there i mean obviously have been shot more um he'd probably be a pretty good competitor um but Brandon Walter, which that name most people don't know because he doesn't go to, he hasn't done Outlaws and he hasn't done very many big shoots except right. for when they're in Reading. Right. He did shoot um, the State 450, right? He won the State 450. Okay, so he's the guy that beat Adam Correa. Yeah, he shot like a 37X 450. Damn. And he was shooting 25s. Damn. So he was shooting really good. He also won the State Field. He kicked my butt. Uh, I think he shot, oh, what is it? Yeah, I think he shot a 5. 50 something Jesus he was, he, was in the, he only dropped a couple of points on the second day on his Holy on crap. his hunt around he was smoking um, yeah, who says indoor doesn't translate yeah, yeah. But the thing uh, the thing is that he you know he, he's a good shooter I got Sam there too my outlaw mm-hmm. partner He's he can throw down some good scores another guy Jacob um, he's coming up he can throw down some good scores too he's He's more coming up than Brandon is. Brandon just practices like a freak. I so mean, these guys help put pressure on each other. They put, put mm-hmm. pressure on you when you shoot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know you're so used to pre- like shooting in high stress situations that your brain just works different than most of us now. Yeah. So like, I can obviously handle stress a little bit better than those guys because mm-hmm. I've, you know, shot Vegas. I've shot Reading in the money class. I've shot Outlaws. I've uh-huh. done a lot of higher stress pressure situations and that's like the best thing you can do to learn how to handle that uh-huh. and so like stuff that they're nervous about i'm not so nervous about um you know they they could all give me a run for my money on any given day but i'd say probably the guy who puts the most pressure on me is brandon because he is coming up mm-hmm. and uh i would say it's a it's a different kind of pressure it's just like uh it's like I'm not going to let you beat me, you know, kind of pressure. Right. Like, I'm going to fight for it. Right. And try. I'm going to put my hand on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> right. And sometimes I try too hard, and then I mess it up for myself. But, um, oh, I've been there, buddy. Yeah. I've I don't, been there, dude. I, uh, I love shooting, and I have fun shooting, but I, don't, I still don't want to lose. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just got done telling my wife that same thing. Like, I'm not yeah. going to the AB Invitational tomorrow to lose or make no. it easy. You got you gotta have fun while you're doing it, but yeah, I'm not there to lose. Yeah, fuck that. I'm like, I gotta, I'm, I'm wanting to walk away with the money. I wanna, I wanna show up and not win. Right. right. It's more fun when you win. And, oh no, I de- yeah, I'm with you, dude. Uh, he's great. Money's but he's great. he's good. You know, he he throws some pressure on. But I I think, like even when I was telling him the other day, because he got done, you know, shooting a couple scores and he shot two or three, uh, three hundreds. And he beat my first night league score. I shot like a 299, 25, or 26X, which was a good score. I dropped my one point on the last arrow, Mm -hmm. which kind of blows when you do that. Um, But he was telling me, he's like, all these arrows are the most forgiving arrows I've ever built. Like, they just don't miss. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, Brandon, I believe you. I bet they're good arrows. But there is a difference between a tournament setup you know, a high pressure setup and a setup that you shoot in your house. Yes. You know, I have had arrows that absolutely pound when I'm at home, and then I take them to a tournament expecting the same, and they shoot like crap. Yes. I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, my my bow doesn't hold good anymore. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. The and, pressure makes your style change just mm-hmm. a little bit. And even uh, you know, Tate would notice that with his uh, stabilizers, he'd actually change what stabilizer and the stiffness of the stabilizer to uh, affect his hold under pressure really mm-hmm. damn so like this like a, a really stiff bar if you're shaking it wants to pull your bow with the movement uh-huh. but a weaker bar um when you move it it doesn't move with the bar because or right with away. the bow there's a little bit of a, it's a lag a la- yeah and so it doesn't move from the middle uh-huh. as much and so, like, under super high-pressure situations, you can actually play with your bar stiffness 
um, to get your hold oh, the way you want. So like going from a seven, I don't know, like the 700 or 724 Pro or whatever it is, and then going to a, the 625s and then to the 500s, if you're talking like Conquest or the uh-huh. diameter half inch. Or, right, right. Um, you can play with how your bow holds doing that. And so like at home it might hold like, it doesn't ever leave the middle kind of hold, and then you show up to a tournament and you can't even stay in the ten ring. Right. And so I I told him about that, and he's like, "Oh, dude, you know, I don't, I don't believe you. Let's let's throw money on it and see what happens. I'll, I'll bet ten bucks I beat you." I was like, "Done. I don't care." Right. So I walked up, pounded out a twenty six x three hundred, and he shot like a he shot a ninety nine or ninety eight with. 20, right. 23 or 24 and then we shot another one and he ended up shooting like a 96 and I took more money and then we did another one Damn. took even more money and I think he even struggled worse and he's like I don't know I haven't seen my arrows perform like this and I'm like well a little pressure dude so I just listened to this interview with Sarah Preels and she would say like when you're shooting with someone she always chooses to go second because if the pressure's on you Mm-hmm. right away and she's like i'm just always gonna i'm just gonna hang out there all yeah time. i think uh i think there's even a little more strategy on that too because well it it was it's kind of hard because like i'm trying to think of like the opa mm-hmm. i liked going first because i could take out one of the dots so mm-hmm. like if i took out the 14 and i covered up the 14 nobody else was getting the 14 <laughs> so i like going first in that sense also, going second, I think you have an advantage because now you know what to do. Like, you have, you know what that other person did, and uh-huh. now you can have a goal of what, you know, like yeah. have a mindset, of, okay, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. This is what, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, the goal's got to be clean, though. Yeah. got to be clean. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you put a little bit of pressure on Brandon, and he, uh, he folded. Yeah, I mean, still a phenomenal shooter. I think he just kind of learned... I mean, really, and that's all you can do is take away something uh, from whenever you practice, especially under high pressure. I yeah. mean, that's what you pay for. It's not exactly to get money. It's to... Brandon's going to go back to the drawing board and come back. Yeah, he's going to come back, and he's going to be like, okay, these arrows didn't work. And yeah. then he's going to try to build another arrow setup, and then we'll probably throw some more pressure and see if it gets better or Six worse. Six. Dude, um, yeah, so it's funny you say that because I've been thinking about... I had a setup that shot really good in practice for this Coyote 600 where I was like belting out some stupid phenomenal scores in my basement and then I took that to the Coyote shoot and it all fell apart like it well I don't say it all fell apart it held for a while but it didn't hold as long as I wanted it to and then when it fell apart it didn't come back so uh, now I'm fucking around I think I have a new setup that I think is going to work and uh, I think because after that I, I kept tweaking stuff thinking I found where I want to be and then practice with Mark Rubio and Mark Rubio you know put it in my ass and ruined my day so then I came back home and went to the drawing board again and now I feel like I'm in a good spot so you uh, helped me confirm it today by putting some pressure on me yeah that was good because he also confirmed that my arrow setup is going to be good tomorrow as long as I can handle and pull my head out you know and do the same thing I did tonight Uh, I very much think you will it's it's always I think rough your first indoor game and luckily you guys have got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I usually always struggle on my first indoor and especially uh, I can feel more pressure shooting the super ten like the little uh-huh. uh, feta target because it's really like a not very forgiving target. Correct. You know, it's a no mistake target. Yeah, you, you know it's it, you can you can make a mistake and still win because. You know, it's a higher chance that the guy doesn't. Yeah. You basically, if you clean it, you shot a thirty x three hundred. Right. Um, but you can still drop one and you know not be out like you are in Vegas. Right. It's it reminds me of more of like watching a like a recurve um, battle. You know, mm-hmm. it's more like a like a race than a a war of attrition and just trying to stay clean. Yeah. I mean, you still don't want to miss, but I just feel like because you don't want to miss so much. And it's so small, and you have to focus so hard. It it like magnifies your pressure, which I think is the reason why Alan really likes that shoot or that target face for uh-huh. his shoot is because it does add even more pressure, and it 
uh, it almost kind of makes it a little bit more fair, like in a sense, like yeah. it kind of brings more people closer together. Yeah, big time, big time. I Alan's also a really smart guy, and he's like, if I want to get better, I'm gonna pull together the best people I can, and we're all gonna have a master class. Like we're gonna, mm. you know put each other through a master class together. And Which so. is a great idea. I mean, that's half the reason why we do Outlaws is because, yes. you know, it's not our, uh, it, really, it's it's not us that are getting a huge benefit out of it, but we're bringing up the next level archers. We're giving them a master class. Yeah, because it's they're the right. ones that are coming up, and yeah. they're the ones that are learning from us, and so... You know, that's why you don't necessarily want to pair uh, zeros, you know, zero mulligans together, and that's why there's the rule for yeah. one. Um, and you don't really want a one mulligan with a zero. Right. Um, you you kind of actually want to, like in my case, I really like taking people that I, for one, get along with. If I don't get along with them, I'm not shooting with them. I don't care how good they are, how <laughs> many mulligans they have. I just won't shoot with them. If I don't enjoy it, I'm not shooting. Um I can like, dude. I, I'm right behind you, dude. But like when I shot with Sam, you know, I know Sam is a good shot. I know he's up and coming, but I enjoy shooting with him. I know he looks up a lot to me because we've been friends for a long time and mm-hmm. live fairly close to each other. Um, so it was just an opportunity for me to work with him under pressure and yeah. teach him how to handle certain situations because then. If you start shooting better, then I get more pressure from it. Exactly. And, exactly. Know, then we start bringing up. That's the, the whole point. We raise the bar together. We all get better. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. So, um, dude, I know. So you shoot your goat again? Uh, yeah, I go back and forth. You go back and forth. Hey, can you explain your method? Because uh, one of the things I've been discussing lately on this podcast is how to battle tension in your release hand. So you have a really cool method for how you shoot your hinge release that is uh, different than like a handful of people I've talked to recently but it sounds like a really legit way to battle that tension yeah so um, when I was first learning how to shoot hinge I'm sure if you go back to uh, probably our first podcast on the Rootcast one that we did together I talk about how when I was coming up I set my release extremely extremely slow to the point it almost didn't go off Mm -hmm. and then I had to learn how to make that release go off without manipulating it with my hand Mm -hmm. and when I figured it out it was um, it was kind of uh, hard for like other people to shoot my release and it was easier for me but I got used to it and the way I did it was I would completely relax my hand and stretch my hand out and then when I did that I, I called it like a mental click so I didn't have any kind of click in my release I just, when I relax my hand completely to where there's no tension, that's where I sit, and then I just start to pull and it would fire. Mm-hmm. So it was like no thinking. And so my shot timing was perfect. Uh-huh. You know, everything was the same because I just relaxed my hand to the point where you could I couldn't relax it anymore without, you know, letting go of my release. <laughs> right. And then I'd start to pull. And so now um, I have recently been dabbling with a click. And I do it the same way, but I have it set so as I come into my anchor, so I'm pulling it back, and as I and when I hit full draw, I instantly start to relax my hand before I'm even touching my face. And as I'm relaxing my hand and coming in, as soon as my knuckles hit the back of my jaw, it clicks because I'm relaxing my hand to the point that I my hands fully expanded. So you have equal tension between your fingers. You know, it's hard to do that. A lot of people will ball up yes. their hands and then anchor, and they won't lose that pointer finger tension. Exactly. Index and to, then, yeah. Yep, and that's what locks up under pressure. And so when I relax my hand completely and I distribute that pressure into my hand and it clicks, that means I have equal tension. And, and then, then I can just, just start my it. shot and just pull. And as soon as I start to pull, bam, it goes off. Damn. Yeah, so you told me that earlier tonight, and that was like, uh, like my brain lit up. I was like, "Holy shit, dude! That I've never heard anyone describe it that way." But that is such a legit way to do it. I taught a uh, I taught one of my buddies how to do that, and when he figured it out, he I mean he never like really started doing tournaments. He just kind of uh, you know started shooting with me a little bit. And he his first tournament, 
I think he shot a, what do you shoot, like a 780 or something like that. And then I took him to Spenceville after he'd been working, and he finally, it clicked in his head. He's like, oh, that's what that's supposed to do. He's like, I didn't think of it like that. You just relax your hand and just start to pull. He's like, I, I never thought of that. And when it clicked in his head, granted, this guy's a rookie. He just bought his bow and just had it set up and was just shooting with me in the backyard and at the range every once in a while. He went and put down like a in the 880s, I think. Wow. 880s or huge, low 890. Huge point pickup. That was his first, I'd say that's his first real safari style shoot because the, the only other one he'd done was like uh, the, the one of the Redding fun shoots. Uh-huh. And that was it. So that was his... I'd say that was his first real 3D safari orange dot, and he shot in that eight, eight 880s. Damn. Because he just learned how to get that thing to to go to go off, and he didn't lock up under pressure. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's the number one thing I combat uh, on, on the regular with a with a hinge. Yeah. Is is pressure in the hand. You see that for me, my problem is in the button. Um, I struggle with pressure under the button way worse than I do with a hinge. And I, and I think it's because I spent so long shooting the hinge and blank bailing so many freaking arrows that I can pick up a hinge, even if I haven't shot it in 10 years, and shoot it just like it was yesterday. Right. Like I have no issues with it. It's all still the exact same for me. Mm-hmm. But a button, I swear, it changes every freaking day. I swear there's like some little like <laughs> elf in my release pouch that constantly changes my... <laughs> my button tension i'm like <laughs> some days i can't get my thumb on, you know i can't get my thumb on it and it fires and the other days i get it and i feel like i'm squeezing my hand till my so knuckles turn white goes, mm, fuck you yeah i'm just <laughs> i swear even tonight you know my shot timing was way slower tonight than it was four hours before oh buddy it's just because it's like my house is it's a pressure cooker in here i i try to do the same thing and relax my hand uh, completely, uh-huh. I get timid on my thumb though, and that's mm-hmm. what does it. Yes, a lot. I felt that for one or two arrows tonight. That timidness yeah. on your thumb, and it's just like, <laughs> come on, like you're pulling it, and you're like, why is this not going? And then you like literally feel your thumb it's fighting. Barely it. on it, you're yeah. just like, oh, I'm not even touching it. Yeah, you know. And I think it also will lock up your pointer finger when you get timid. Yeah, on it yeah. because it makes you it makes your release feel solid. Like, it makes it feel way more solid. I do like, with the thumb button, like, wrap, like, I I know I do not shoot this button the right way, but I will, like, kind of wrap my thumb a little bit, and then I, I'll start to engage, like, a hinge, and start to pull through, and then it's just like, That's how I shoot mine. Oh, cool. Exact same You way. wrap it? You yep. get up and wrap it? Oh, I get up cool. and wrap it, and that's why I have that UltraView thumb button, because it, it seats perfectly in the groove of my thumb, and oh, it adds cool. the texture, so it does. Uh-huh. Like, I had a problem with the smoother barrels. Like, I'd start to pull, but I'm just letting my thumb slide across yeah, the top of the barrel. It's a little slippy. And so, this one makes me, f- it, it, the tackiness, I can feel it when I wrap my thumb. Ooh, dude, I never thought about that. It's a constant, it's a reminder, like the pressure. So, I can feel that tackiness and the grip on it. And it, I can feel how hard it's digging into my thumb or how little it's digging into my thumb. Huh. I wonder if I could put, like, a rubber sleeve over my, uh, my thumb barrel. Probably you could wrap it with like a lizard skin or something, or you're even your little tennis grip tape. Just yeah. give it a little tackiness. It's a little tennis grip tape. Yeah, <laughs> whatever tape you're using. You said that's so demeaning. <laughs> your little puny it's tennis grip tape. It's actually bicycle tape because I used oh. to be a cyclist. Oh, so. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you need to build my grip tape. <laughs> hey, so tell me about your arrow build because everyone's gonna be, want be you know, uh, everyone's gonna be wanting to know yeah. what what kind of arrow Austin's shooting. Um, so I'm shooting pro pro tours uh, with Hunter. Dude, indoor, indoor. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just telling everybody I shoot smaller arrows, so they all show up with pro tours or some. Bring <laughs> pro tours to yeah. Everybody shoot little arrows in Vegas so I can win. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I am shooting uh, X27s. Uh-huh. Um, I'm shooting the four. The hybrid 4.0s, uh-huh. the AEs. Right. I don't know how much helical. I just kind of use my bits and burger and said, yeah, "Ah, that looks right. like a lot." Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't even do that. I stick the bottom down, and then once the bottom sticks, I just roll the the, the knob over, and then let the vein kind of fall over the arrow because I use the Max Bond stuff. So uh-huh. it sticks really fast, and then I just roll it, and it 
folds the rest over. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't picture this. You seat the vein down on Yeah, the I seat the vein down, and then the vein, like the top of the vein sticking off, and once I know that the bottom has glued to the arrow shaft, I just turn the knob a little bit, and so it rolls the rest of it onto the arrow shaft. That sir sounds like bullshit. No, I'm dead serious. I do it all the time. I'm dead serious. Never been more serious in my life. All right. Well, maybe. Right. So maybe. using uh, the hybrid 4.0s with this wacky technique. Yes. You got a uh, 250 grain point, right? Yeah. Yeah, cutting your house 31 inches? 31 and 3 quarters. 31 and 3 quarters. How did you come to that? Did you start at full length? No. I uh, I just pick a number in my head, mm-hmm. and I cut them, and then I shoot them. And if I don't like them, then I cut them again. And I usually go by halves, like a half inch, uh-huh. because I don't feel like a quarter inch does anything in the spine. Okay. I'm like, at least a half inch, if, I, if I'm like, oh, damn, that's way too weak, then I can put... A little bit less point weight and be like, oh, maybe this you, works. Uh, started on these? Uh, I started at thirty-two and thirty-two and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, thirty-two and a quarter. And I shot. Uh, I put all. I started with three hundreds. Those f- were absolutely garbage. Uh-huh. Um, I shot one fifties. Those shot pretty good. The problem is they hit behind the pin. Um, <laughs> Like all the time. Austin's about to shit on my whole the whole thing I've been talking about forgiveness now. He's yeah, about to shit all over it. Yeah, I uh, I didn't like the one fifties because they hit behind the pin. Like I, when I was shooting really good, they shot really good. When I shot really bad, they shot really bad. Uh, the two twenty fives, I noticed the same thing, but I noticed that I they they hit behind the pin a, a few times less, and I was like, hmm, I might be onto something. And then I shot two fifties. And then they never hit behind the pin. And so it was perfect. Because they just hit... <laughs> <laughs> it's like reverse forgiveness is what you're going for. Honestly, I, I seriously think uh, forgiveness is a mental adjustment. I don't think... It, I hardly think it has anything to do... As stupid as it sounds, because there's been like... I've been messing with arrows and for no reason they just start shooting better. And I'm like, oh, my head, I must just think they shoot better. So oh, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, but I... I mean, I shouldn't say they don't hit behind the pin because obviously they do. But when I make a bad shot, they still hit the middle. Mm-hmm. So, like, I broke in the 9. Like, I shot a 29X game the other day. Uh-huh. And some of them, I literally broke mid-9. And they still inside-out X. It was stupid. And I was like, that is the arrow I want. That is the arrow I need. And All I, right, I'm going to have to shoot your arrows tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you the try. Dude, they're stupid. I don't... I don't know. I really don't know. I just do that. So, like, every time I cut, I just go through all the points and figure out if there's, like, just this magical combination. And I don't even know if that's the magical combination I'll stick with because I've got another nine left, plus I have a bunch of old ones, so I like to work with the old ones. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll shorten them up even shorter because you can't, you can't make them any longer. So I like to leave them long and yeah. then shorten them. Yeah. So I'll cut another one to half, and then I'll run through all the points again until... Maybe that one does better, and then I'll cut another half off, uh-huh. and then run all the points again and see if that one works. Right. A lot of time. I don't do any bear shafting for indoor. I think this is um, an important thing to uh, kind of bring to light is that a guy, a guy like Austin is like to find out exactly what combination suits your style the best. You really got to try a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean, you could be potentially shorting yourself accuracy and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. If all you ever try are 225s, you know, I guess you could play with your arrow length, but what if that? What if a different arrow length with a different point weight is a magic combination? Right. So I just run through all of them. It cost me a lot of money at first, but, you know, the thing is, is, like, you go in and you spend $100 on points and you get four different. So I, I pretty much only have 225, uh, 250, 275, and 300s is, like, uh-huh. where I live. I could almost throw the 300s in the in the garbage and be happy because I every time I shoot those I regret it. <laughs> um, one year my 275s were the magic combination. Those I remember shot that year. so good. Yeah, you shot amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean I just play with all of them because yeah, I think Easton makes an adjustable point for the 2712 now. Probably now they do. They yeah. did when I was buying all this crap. Now Same. I got it all. Dude, I'm like, I have boxes full of 2712 points, like it's just scattered all over this basement right now. Yeah, I'm like I, yeah, I, I spent a lot of money for points, and then Easton's like, "Oh, now you have all of them here. Let's make <laughs> an adjustable point." Like, Great, thank you. <laughs> you know. But yeah, dude, that's a that's a big deal there. I mean, <clears throat> you really gotta test stuff out. Like I was, 
I've collected many arrows over the past five years. So when indoor season comes, I just cycle through all of them, figure out yeah. what do I need to do. Have I tried it short? You know, have I tried it with a heavy point? Have I tried it with a light point? Yeah, yeah. I, I was this year. I fucked around with veins more than I fucked around with anything else. Yeah, that's crazy because I have almost never messed around with veins. Yeah. I you mean, don't think veins make a? I like. I mean, well, I got you a start on the four fletch. Yes, you uh, did. With the drop away. Yes, you did. And I think that's Look how many arrows are, are littered around you that are four fletch. I know. Like behind know. you, there's like. A bunch there. There's so a bunch somebody was here. taking notes or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. The reason why I did four fletch and I and uh, it's because, and it's with a drop away. I don't do it with a with a lizard tongue. Uh-huh. Um, I did that because I, ideally, a lot of people say that feathers um, steer these arrows better because you can put way more helical on them. Mm-hmm. And because they're feathers and they lay back, uh-huh. you don't have to worry about contact. Right. The problem with veins is you have to worry about contact. Yeah. And so I just put four fletch because I was like, man, I can get these things spinning really fast. And I just ran like four degrees of helical, five degrees of helical on a four fletch because I'm shooting a drop away. I never have to worry about contact on my on my uh, rest. And I can get those things spinning like Mach 2 out of my bow. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean. Uh, Dude, why don't you go blazer vein then? Uh, not big enough. I don't know. <laughs> you can go blazer vein seven degrees. I know Mark Ruby. I used to shoot blazer veins on his twenty seven. You don't anymore though. No, he used I to shoot really good with them. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember in the wilderness, he shot like a he shot a stupid good score the first year I was there when I sucked. Yeah, he shot three hundred. He's gonna shoot the three hundreds. Yeah, Mark solid. He could have probably shot it with the arrow fucking backwards and probably still shot three hundred. So uh, he's shooting now. Now I think he's shooting. <clears throat> I had him shoot my my super drives with yeah. 150 points, yeah. four fletch, and he was like, "Man, he's like, you know, it, you just gotta make a good shot." He's like, "You make a good shot, doesn't matter what arrow it is." And then the next week, he showed up four fletch, 150 gram point on his gold tips, but he cut him super short like um, Kyle Douglas. I did that on a set of X 27s. Uh, those arrows now don't get shot anymore. <laughs> They shoot like crap. Buddy, you gotta try them on some super drives. That's what it is. You need to probably carbon, man. Probably. I like I like all the Eastern arrows. Um, Me too. I'm a I just fan. I just like the tolerances of the of the aluminum. I really don't think you can get a better straighter. You know. Correct. Correct. I don't think you can get a better arrow. I, I mean, like that they were made in America. Even the pros on the Eastons, I think they're like plus or minus three thousand straightness. On the, on the what? On the pros. The Super Drive 27 Pros. No, dude, they're 2,000 straight. Oh, sorry. I was off by 1,000. Dude, you sell Easton Arrows. Yeah, but that's going to be... Some fool's going to be like, no, I don't want to buy a 3,000 Sarah. That's garbage. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's why you don't shoot the carbons. <laughs> that's why I don't shoot the carbons. <laughs> dude, to be fair, I don't think the Super Drives are made in America either. I think it's the only Easton Arrow that's not made in America. Uh, No, I believe that would be the Storms. Easton Storm? Yeah, the carbon storms. I've never even heard the of The carbon storms, are they literally have Chinese writing on them. So, oh. Oh. And they're an Easton product. God damn it, Easton. Uh, I believe the super drives are. I don't know. I have no, no they idea. Ain't, they're re- they ain't made in America. No? I don't believe so. I think Rudy tried telling me recently that now they're made in America. And they weren't uh, early on. But I know uh, Victory. Rudy's a shill for Easton. I can't believe anything. I guess uh, Victory, they have the, they have the biggest uh, carbon manufacturer. And I guess pretty much a lot of the aero companies this is what i've heard buy their carbon from victory really yeah isn't victory carbon from vietnam mexico i believe it's mexico yeah i believe so then gold tip would also isn't gold tip from mexico also mm-hmm. interesting i believe mo- like majority of the carbon arrows they buy their carbon from uh victory yeah, i could be wrong i have a theory that the super drive 27s are actually like gold tip uh ones that didn't make the cut gold tip rejects yeah, I think they're gold tip rejects because they're two thousands, not one thousands, and all the gold tip components fit in them. Yeah, that could be. So you know, I mean, but I also, theory. but I also have a theory like, like most twenty sevens, if they're you know they're going to be pretty close to the same spine, and so the the in yeah. inside diameters got to be pretty close. Well, they're different. They're the, the same but di- different. Their spines different. The spine's different on them? Yeah. So these ones are 270, right? At 28 inches? Uh, the... Or... 
The Super Drives? Yeah. I, I think they're, they're 250. Maybe they're 270. No, they're 250. I'm thinking of the X27s. They're, they're 270 at 28 oh, inches. Okay. Yeah, so, think, yeah, they are 250. Cause I think Triple X is like 150. I actually built those super short ones on Archer's Advantage using the Super Drive as my uh, as my game plan. Because oh. they don't have X27s in Archer's Advantage. Yeah, they do. What? I've never seen Go to Easton, right? Yeah. And then go to Aluminum Arrow. And then when it goes Arrow Size, you scroll down to 2712. Hey. I'm about to show you some shit now, bud. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I'm gonna take notes. <laughs> no, don't do that. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, but I built those off of the specs for SuperDrive uh, 27s, and I just kind of built them a little bit. To uh, get them spine? Yeah, trying to get them spine at 28 inches. Really? I tried. They shot so, like crap. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't think you can spine indoor arrows. I tried with actually uh, at at 28 inches with 300 with my draw length and everything the spec for super drives at 28 inches with I want to say they were 275 they spined out like they were in the optimum range wow yep. but they didn't shoot great no they shot horrible <laughs> I couldn't hit a 10 to save my life the spine ain't important then what yeah. are you your 2712s you think they're spined I don't know maybe uh, they are long and I have doesn't three. matter doesn't matter at this point you I really, I really don't even know that was the first time I've ever pulled up Archer's Advantage for indoor. Really? Like, legitimately. Unless I was trying to build 23s. I don't, dude, I don't even use it for indoor other than... What? Like, maybe looking at FOC, but now I don't even look at FOC. I use it a lot as a starting point. Like, oh, where's my arrow spine going to maybe be? Mm -hmm. oh, okay, let's start uh, Let's start stiff. I'll compare two different arrow builds that look for speed. See which one's faster. I don't even do that. Oh, see, I'm a speed Nazi, dude. That's... I'm not. Hey! We're on two opposite ends of the spectrum, bud. I could see, I could see speed being a factor. Uh, I think for little guys like me, it's a factor. I think for regular. Oh, people, for sure. Like my dad, you know, he's got a super short drawing. I think you guys are probably pretty close. He's really? twenty-seven. Oh. Uh, but he needs all the speed he can get. Yeah. And so okay. I think it matters for that. But like in my, with twenty-nine inch draw, like I'm always kind of in an okay speed. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm you not shooting shoot, crazy fast, but I shoot pretty much anything. I'm in the ballpark of what you want to be. Yeah. So I'm like, well, speed's not my concern right now. Uh, basically, like, what arrows are the most consistent? Yeah. And the most forgiving. That makes sense. Is what I kind of shoot for, and I just kind of play with spine. So like, I'll start off. Like I even have a. Even though this is stupid, I just have another. I just got another dozen um, Pro Tours, uh -huh. and I've got three dozen cut down to one length, and now I'm going to play with arrow spine. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I don't find out that longer ones do better because I'm going to have three dozen <laughs> other you ones. Dial out your limbs a little bit, man. I just cut off the back a little bit <laughs> and weaken them up. Oh um, man, that is funny. But I have a brand new dozen. I'm going to play with them. And just oh, see. dude, you're, you're going to be Easton's. Uh, golden boy here on the west coast in a little bit so we'll see i i do like i do like shooting him my dad back in the day um when he you know he's still a shop shooter but when he was shooting a lot um he actually had like an account with easton for a for a uh like shop shooter or some kind of a shooter form uh -huh. and so that's why i grew to love easton so much because that's all i ever had yeah, I shot a couple gold tips here and there um, when I started kind of wanting to do, like, get better and take it more seriously. And I wanted to know, like, I want to try other arrows out uh -huh. um, and learn for myself. Um, I did like the gold tips, but when I talked to Tim Gillingham, uh, first of all, I have no idea to this day what Tim Gillingham said because by the time... He was done on our two-hour conversation. <laughs> I just had processed the first thing he said. <laughs> yeah, that Tim, guy... Tim, you haven't even stopped to take a breath yet. <laughs> oh, dude. Like, whatever you do, like, if you really have... If you talk to Tim Gillingham, have another phone there and record, record the whole the conversation thing. so you can go back, you know, because it will take you, like, four days to realize, like, oh, that's what he meant. Dude, I've heard Chris Schaff say to somebody, like, man, I've had to do so much shit with these gold tip arrows. If there's a guy who knows too much about archery, it's Tim Gilliam. That's awesome. But he's literally tried absolutely everything, so... Yeah, well, yeah. hey, Rubio would say just plug the plug point in and go shoot it. Yeah, 
I I listened to to Tim and I I like challenge. I didn't even like challenge him. You know I. <laughs> Did you want to? Were there things that made you be like? Mm-hmm. Well, so so I had already pl- so I won this this premier plus bar at an outlaw shoot, and I already I just bought brand new stabilizers. I'm like, I don't need a new stabilizer. So I called Tim. And I was like, Hey, can I exchange these for arrows? And I had already like planned out my spine. You know, I was like, Oh, he'll probably just say yeah. I'll just tell him what I want. He'll send it to my door. But he wanted to know everything about my bow, and I hadn't worked at a pro shop before this uh-huh. this point so i literally didn't know what any of this meant like i didn't know my draw length i didn't know this i didn't know that i did not know any and he literally asked me he goes well do you know anything about your bow <laughs> i'm like honestly tim i think it's this draw length and i think it's this poundage and i really don't know much more yeah, he's like well that doesn't help me out any <laughs> and i had plugged in some stuff uh, and basically got like a rough guesstimate like i needed 400s with 120s uh-huh. and i told him that and he goes well, what makes you think that? I'm like, like, I don't know. I'm like, well, it says that this is the correct spine. And he's like, I want you to tell me the reasons why you think that is the correct spine. I'm like, uh, because the book said so? Said so? And he's like, I tell you what, those books don't mean anything. <laughs> You're like, oh, god damn it. I give up. Just send me three boys. I don't care. I don't care. They're free. Kevin Wilkie told me the same. He said she was stiffer arrow. That's what I should do. I should stiffen up. I mean, I I was a non-believer. Mm-hmm. And I should probably look at the shot right here. Well, hell yeah, dude. Well, hey, Austin, this is all a lot of great info, but my SD card is about to run out of space. So... I think we should call it a night, get some rest, and tomorrow I'll do battle lock antlers with a bunch of other stud bucks. Yeah, man. Oh, oh I think Alan would be really like touched to hear you say that it's one of the bigger shoots. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it's a bigger shoot, bitch. <laughs> Austin, thank you for coming on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. I have a lot of fun with you coming down here to kick it. I wish you lived down here, man. This would be fun. All right, buddy. We'll we'll get at it tomorrow. Sounds good. All right, see you guys.